0: The gory
1: days are here to say
0: the 80's horror show. Take a stroll down every sleigh. it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The gory days. The gory days. Welcome to the Gory Days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror movies from the 1980s and beyond. Welcome back. Things are a little bit different today, this week. Today, I'm going to be doing this one all by myself, covering one that I've been wanting to do for a while now, and I'm finally getting around to it, the ABCs of Death. So I'll just jump right into it without any preamble. I'm not going to waste a lot of time with a ton of background because, frankly, there isn't that much for this movie if you haven't heard of it. The ABCs of Death came out in 2013, and it's not like a normal film where there's a single character and uh, three-act structure and everything. No, it is an anthology, which means that, much like it's name, the ABCs of Death uh implies there are 26 short films that make up this entire movie one for every letter of the alphabet so uh by the end of it we started a and by the end we're gonna get to z and here on the gory days i'm going to cover each one in one episode which makes sense since it's all in one movie i'm gonna go from a and then after i'm done with that i'm gonna follow it up with i was thinking b and as soon as i was done with that one i wanted to mix it up And I was going to follow it with C, and here's where it gets really interesting. I'm going to do D after that, and I think you're following now the pattern here, because after D is E, and then sure enough, as you can guess, is F, and then after which, you get the idea. (laughs) Anyway, I'm doing uh, the ABCs of death today. Let's see. This all got created when Tim League, the founder of the Alamo Draft House, and Aunt Thompson, the founder of the 48 Hours Film Challenge in New Zealand, uh, who apparently Taika Waititi comes out of, uh, and I think some past people on this podcast may or may not have competed in the 48 Hours Film Challenge. I'll have to go back and uh, catch up with some of those people, ask them if they're connected to that. So in 2012, this movie premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. And on January 31st, 2013, it released on VOD. It wasn't until March of 2013 that it released in theaters. So if you got it on VOD, Video On Demand, you might have seen this a little bit earlier than uh, people saw it in theaters. Anyway, the the movie opens with the best uh, descriptor. That I can think of. I already <laughs> belabored over it, but I'll just read it here. The following feature film was created by 26 directors from around the world. I forgot about that. It's an international production. Each director was given a letter of the alphabet and asked to choose a word. So I'm not sure if they had to, like, uh, submit, if this was a massive contest that people submitted uh, a letter, a, a short film based on a letter, and then they picked 26. Or if they went out and asked directors directly, hey, do you want to be in this movie? And uh, then they picked a letter out of a hat. I don't know. But um, they then created a short tale of death that related to their chosen word. They had complete artistic freedom regarding the content of their segments. And that's all the movie gives you before barreling right into uh, the first letter. So why don't we do the same? Starting with... A is for... Apocalypse written and directed by Nacho Vigaldo AS4 Apocalypse. Uh, I want to get something out of the way right away. The mad the like mastery of the short film and getting exactly enough information to the audience to get them invested and enough questions to keep them invested is uh like i said and like a master art and these artists these directors and writers do such a good job with this so uh the other thing i want to mention is each uh short opens and closes with something red i think that was the only constraint that uh tim league and aunt timpson put on the directors is that they always open with a red image and close with a red image so the opening one for this is the food tray that the husband is uh eating off of and the closing one is the uh red light illuminating the curtains at the end as the freaking apocalypse happens (laughs) oh my gosh and the body horror that they fit in like the the wife coming in and uh using the knife So A is for apocalypse. A wife has been poisoning her husband and uh, he was supposed to die like in a week or something. But something she's been hearing on the news that we never hear has uh, expediated that timeline. And now the apocalypse is today. So she's she's trying to kill him. She's really bad at stabbing. She's so bad. And granted, she doesn't want to stab her husband or whoever this guy is. But oh, my God oh she's so bad at it and the other part is i feel like this short does a good job with how hard it is to actually die <laughs> how hard it is to kill somebody i feel like movies especially horror movies make it seem like it's it's uh, a, a bonk on the head or uh, a stab in the stomach and you're dead but god this guy hangs on so long and then she comes back with the frying pan and the oil and she throws it on his face like that would kill him she's just bonking him on the head and i remember there being a moment like is he A zombie or something? Is she trying to kill him and he just won't die? But then he dies and the apocalypse comes and that's it. That's A for apocalypse. Uh, That just means next up is B is for Bigfoot. B is for Bigfoot, directed and written by Adrian Garcia Boliano. I feel like this one doesn't warrant too much analysis uh, other than the fact that Bigfoot is kind of a weird stretch because they keep using – the subtitles at least keep using the abominable snowman and further to the effect of the Mexican snowman or the, the, the snowman of Mexico is something I think they say um anyway the opening red is the couch pillow under the couple making out and the closing image is the bed sheets of the little girl this uh couple is trying to make out and trying to get uh frisky and this little girl who uh, i guess is the guy's niece uh is you know has a bad dream so how do you fix a little girl's bad dream well you tell them a way scarier story and you in fact uh commit child abuse And tell them that a monster, in this case the snowman of Mexico, will creep into your bedroom and rip out your heart so fast and so quickly that you'll see him eat it before you die. Unless you're in bed, it doesn't matter if you're asleep, you just have to be in bed counting sheep great parenting great parenting i mean great unkling, i guess whatever you can tell priority number one with this couple because they do it like immediately as soon as they're done putting her to bed and then the weird thing is like the trash collector that they were expecting is the monster that they were ostensibly making up uh at, on the spot and so is it a tulpa that they cra- it doesn't matter it doesn't matter b was for bigfoot um nice job adrian Uh, I guess that means next is C is for Cycle. C is for Cycle, directed and written by Ernesto Diaz Espinoza. Uh, This is the first one that we get that isn't a monster. It's a non-monster, more existential horror, which I always uh, go for as much as the gory, monster-filled ones. The opening image for this one is the bloody leaves in the yard, and so is the closing one, which makes sense for the theme, which is time travel. Uh, This guy has found that there's a hole in his backyard that sends him back in time to the night before. It's a really tight, fun little script to show off uh, some of the perils of time travel and time loopage and all of that. Uh, And it's another testament to these short films that you can tell this has maybe two, maybe three sets, you know, quote unquote, it's clearly all in the same house and they do a great job of getting all of those elements across. Uh I don't know why he kills himself with the uh like garrote made from a barbed wire stuck into a garden hose, um but it's got to be horror, right? It can't just be uh it, it can't just be the the scary the the scariness of time travel itself there's got to be a little bit of uh strangling and bloodiness in there d is for dogfight d is for dogfight i r- directed and written by marcel sarmiento uh, sarmiento uh i like to believe that no animals were harmed in the making of these short films and that it's just really good directing on this guy's part but I'm fairly convinced that a dog gets punched at least once in this short film. Uh god, it's so the whole thing is in slow-mo and it's honestly really stupid. It's a dog fight. So at first you think, "Oh, this is two guys who are just going to fight to the death in this uh basement here." And then it's, "Oh no, it's revealed a guy is going to fight an actual dog." And oh, doesn't it doesn't it's it's always a shame when you want to make a something scary with an animal like this cuz the fear and the terror of it really relies on the animal selling it being scary. And this poor dog, I can tell it's happy and it's playing. And if you've ever owned a dog, it's pretty freaking obvious that this is not attack mode. This is play mode. Um, So it's, it kind of falls flat. And then at the very end, it's revealed in a couple of quick shots that like, oh, this dog is the, uh, the, the guy in the fight He's the owner and they both team up against their uh captors, I guess. But why wouldn't the dog immediately recognize it? And why is it like, oh, we both recognize each other in the same moment and we're both gonna like, oh, the plan worked, dog. Now you and me are back together again. Oh, uh, it's so stupid. The opening image is uh red tape from the boxing gloves that uh the Dolph Lundgren guy looks like he's wearing and the closing image is the bottom of I guess a fire extinguisher that's smashing the dude's head in um and what's with the dancing little girl ah such a weird one e is for exterminate e is for exterminate directed and written by angela bettis who i can only assume as a female and the first female uh director writer and submitter for this uh anthology of films this one really relies on you having to be scared of spiders otherwise it falls completely flat and even then uh i'm it's unfortunate that this actor uh does the best that he can and the spider povs i mean honestly if you're not afraid of creepy crawlies then this one isn't going to scare you and even if you are it's not even like a good execution of that it's basically the uh um scary stories to tell in the dark story of like oh you get a weird spider bite and after a while a bunch of baby spiders come out like that's it that's essentially like the the story and the scare um and his like little victory laugh is so weird and unearned and uh, Yeah, the opening is uh, a big red spider, and the closing is a baby red spider. But there you go. He's for exterminate. What's next? F, F is for... Fart. F is for fart. Oh, my God. This is the one I remember. I don't remember the first time I watched this, but I remember what I thought when I watched this. And I was like, oh, my God. This... This uh, is a good example of that horror has many definitions to many different people and many cultures. But obviously, this one is going for the absurd. Written and directed by Noboru Iguchi, F is for Fart is about a uh, female Japanese student who is in love with her also female uh, teacher, which is, you know, wonderful to see some lesbian themes back in 2013, especially from Japan. But she's not just in love with her sensei. She's in love with the smell of her farts. Jesus. And so uh, I guess there's an eruption and the world is ending and there's this gas going around and she confesses her love to her sensei and farts. Um, her sensei farts in her face. I feel so weird even talking about it. Sensei farts in her face and then sucks all of the fart like back into her butt so that the the girl and the sensei are somehow inside of her own butt inside of the fart smell forever oh it's so weird Ah, uh, f is for fart um the opening image is the red of the girl's scarf and the closing image is the disgusting bright red of her fart cloud inside of uh her sensei's butt but <laughs> uh, g is for gravity g is for gravity and this is the first one that gives me chills and the first one that made i i said out loud i was like oh i hate this one cuz once you realize what's happening it's just it's so simple we watch a man uh, go to the beach, load up a bag with bricks, swim out on a surfboard, and sink. And drown himself. It's not much else to say. Written and directed by Andrew Trowke. Well done, Andrew. So simple. And shot on location, it looks like. Yeesh. What's next? H is for... Hydroelectric def- Fusion H is for hydroelectric diffusion. And if that name isn't dumb enough. Directed and written by Thomas mailing Malling, Thomas Kaplan Malling. Oh, excuse me. This one is even weird. If you thought the Farty one was weird, this one is even weirder. It's like the opening image is the Red Moon, uh, because we've got World War II. And every it's like people are animal people in like that weird half fursuit, half makeup that just comes off really freakish. And a British bulldog goes in to see a stripper show, I guess. And and it's being really weird and cartoony and adult, which is always a super fun mix. And then uh, out of nowhere, she reveals a uh, Nazi sleeve that was definitely not there before and traps him by his balls to a periscope, which becomes electrified. And then just as he's about to succumb to all of the stupid traps in the machine that pops out, he looks at a locket that says, keep calm and carry on. And that gives him the strength (laughs) to... Uh, stand inside of the bear trap snapping things and uh, push her into the machine. But then it spits out a shovel and she beats him up and then she tosses. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then she melts at the end, which I guess is a loose nod to Raiders of the Lost Ark where the Germans melt at the end. But then her head explodes. And the closing image is the curtains as the bulldog gives us a big wink with mismatched sound editing on The Ding and a couple of other things. It's poorly edited. The costume design is hideous. Uh, I don't like this one. There, I said it. What's next? I is for ingrown? I is for ingrown? Am I stupid? This is the only one that I don't... I don't understand. Written and directed by Jorge Miguel Grau we see a man, the opening image is a man with a bottle in his hand, a red bottle and a syringe of black fluid that we can only assume comes from that bottle. And he's waiting for a woman in a tub to wake up and she does. And he injects her with it after struggling. And we, God, we just like kind of slowly watch her succumb and suffocate to whatever she got injected with. And there's, uh monologue going over it that seems to suggest that it's not the woman's mind, but it might also be. oh That one's great. It's so painful and she's so she's struggling. She's holding on for life and she's just like doing what any other movie character would do. She's clinging on and it's not enough and it doesn't matter. But what does the ingrown come from? I kept expecting, like, a parasite or something. Something about the syringe or, like, a twist. I have no idea. It was just scary and sad. Nice job. What's next? J is for... Jidaigeki. J is for Jidaigeki, which translates to samurai movie, apparently. Written and directed by Yudai Yamaguchi. (laughs) This one freaked me the fuck out the first time I saw it. And it's arguably a funny one. It's so weird. So, like, it's a guy committing seppuku or harikiri. And as I understand it, the uh, practice of it, as rare as it is, involves another person who's supposed to stand uh, close by with their sword and decapitate the person. Who commits uh, harikiri so, so as not to prolong their suffering? And so we've got one guy who's in the midst of suffering and the other guy who's just kind of standing there waiting to do it. And the guy who's suffering keeps making these weird faces where they like, looks like they got like clay models and molding and stuff to contort his face weirder and weirder until his eyes are shooting out and making all kinds of like uh, metronome noises and stuff. It's super weird. And then once the uh the guy snaps out of it, he cuts off his head, and his head is making one of those like um kabuki theater faces where or like the oni where it's cross eyed and its mouth is all open, uh, which prompts the guy to like let out a chuckle so once again we've got another Japanese one where they've interpreted the horror into a totally different direction that uh I was never expecting and frankly didn't appreciate in the f is for fart one but i appreciate it a little bit more in this one the uh j is for Jedi uh yeah let's see what's next k is for k is for klutz and i can't even slow down i can't i'm watching it i'm in the midst of watching it i can't even stop to to wait until afterward because this one is just so fucking disgusting excuse me excuse me for expecting to when i put in a movie called ABCs of Death to expect a little less uh, farting and scatology and this shit. (laughs) Literally, K is for cluts. And Anders Morgenthaler, who wrote and directed this, frankly has a lot to explain for, what the hell? (laughs) This woman... Uh, okay, so I'm all for women can be gross, women can do gross-out humor, great. This is the first traditional 2D animated one, because I don't know how they would do this not in 2D, in live action. A woman goes to the bathroom, she takes a dump, and the little poop <laughs> will leave her alone in this stupid Tom and Jerry cartoonish way until here we are in silly cartoony land, and then, oh, oh, that's right, this is a horror movie, so it it has to shoot back up through her asshole, Up out of her mouth, and she dies that way. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun for uh, ABCs of Death? The opening image is the occupied on the bathroom, and the closing uh, red is... Oh, you guessed it. More blood. Really clever, Anders. L is for... L is for libido. Man, I was really hoping this one was in ABCs of Death 2, but my memory did not serve. Written and directed by... uh, timo chahanto oh boy the it's like a contest or it's like a it's a like you know dark cabal super rich hyper rich you know capture super poor and put them in these things it's it's like a gauntlet where honestly honestly the rules make the rules individually of each round make perfect sense <laughs> that that much is clear it's like uh like having a bracket a tournament tournament bracket i guess that doesn't really hold up in my mind but um yeah without getting into specifics two people two men are uh, put in chairs and uh something happens before them of escalating uh, horror and they have to uh, ejaculate they have to masturbate and whoever ejaculates first doesn't die and whoever <laughs> doesn't dies in a really terrible way. There's a spike that shoots all the way up through their butt out of their mouth. Um, not unlike the last one, clutz. But first of all, that seems like a terrible way to die. Because every time it happens to somebody in the short, uh they're they're alive and they're still like coughing and stuff. But this one got the first, oh my god, like gasp a big reaction out of me when it stabs the, the woman who's been helping the main guy cheat with the eyeball under his pants, under her pants. (laughs) I I guess that's a metaphor, but um, anyway, uh, when he finally loses, he's replaced, he's replaced the act. Now he's in front of two new people who are trying to ejaculate to uh, him getting laid while getting sliced up with a chainsaw, uh, which I guess seems fitting. I don't know what he did, but this is the only one so far where I think, as horrific as it is i would watch a whole movie of this whatever it is and i feel like there it's prime for a lot of uh, extra avenues so nice job timo what's next m is, for... m is for miscarriage m is for miscarriage so we're about halfway through with this one we're uh directed and written by ty west i don't know if they're male or female um and frankly it wouldn't matter otherwise if not for the subject matter of this one i believe it's the shortest one the shortest of the shorts and it the horror really relies on i feel weird about this one i feel weird about this one it's about a woman uh and she's going oh it's funny some of these the title i feel like spoils it uh and they're used kind of like a for some of the shorts they're used as the wham line and so m is for miscarriage because the whole time a woman is going around her house looking for something she finds it it's a plunger she goes back to uh the the toilet where she's going to uh plunge what's clogged it which is a uh, very large miscarriage which is a normal thing but it's played up for like that's it that's the horror so uh and yet Now, rethinking it and watching it, I mean, they pretty much just hold on it, but no, unfortunately, it's in a Fucking movie called the abcs of death ostensibly uh, uh, all of them should be horrific in some way and so by making the message so simple m is for miscarriage this is disgusting not not in that way it's disgusting in that a miscarriage is a totally normal thing that happens to people it's not horror it's not in and of itself a scary disgusting horrible thing and that's my opinion and i'm sticking by it that's the hill i'm gonna die on for <laughs> this movie oh no um what's next N is for nuptials. N is for nuptials, directed and written by Bajong Pisthenekun. This is the first Thai movie. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The, uh, the first Thai short, rather, from a Thai director, writer, director. This is uh, another one. I'm not trying to draw any like conclusions or make any hasty generalizations here. It's just it's interesting to me. And it's worth noting that a lot of the more, a lot of the Eastern directors and writers for this uh, anthology, by which I mean, you know, like Japanese, Thai, Korean uh i think we had a korean one earlier anyway it seems like they all <laughs> have taken a different uh perspective on horror and using horror as kind of like um kind of like how we use it now in two- 2020 uh over here in the states of like a subgenre of sorts it's a horror comedy it's a horror romance this one is bizarre it's about a woman and her fiance or no, no no her boyfriend who proposes using a parrot that he bought and it's really cute the parrot speaks uh Hi, and i'm sure it's uh saying whatever he's trained it to uh but then it also remembers that he had sex with a different girl the same day that he bought the parrot so it memorized all of those things and uh, correct me if i'm wrong derek but i'm pretty sure parrots uh memorizing something is not admissible evidence <laughs> so uh yeah the the opening image is uh, the curtain that goes over the parrot and then the closing image is once again Uh, I'll give you three guesses. Um, no, no. Yes, it's blood. (sighs) Next. O is (laughs) for... Um, O is for orgasm. It took two whole people to (laughs) come up to write and direct this. Are you kidding me? Jesus. Written and directed by Bruno Forzani and Helene Kate. Seriously, why? How did this take two people? Uh, this is one of those, like, experiment, uh, uh, orgasm. O is for orgasm. This, this experimental, uh, images and sounds almost like, uh, ASMR. Uh, this is the kind of thing you tell people that you really like when you want to be, uh, uh, erudite and you want to sound like a real film, uh, aficionado or rather a cinephile. So I really like this. <laughs> Honestly, I do. It's it's interesting. It makes me think of like um, Under the Skin or um, what's that other one that I saw more recently? Ah, I should have written it down. But um, these, these movies that are – or like uh, uh, Enter the Void, I think it's called. These movies that just kind of linger on feelings. Oh, High Life. That was it with Robert Pattinson. Just these like extended sequences of images and feelings and sounds and yet – they tell a narrative in uh, its own way. It's like, I could, I could tell you right now, it's about a man and a woman being together and the man, I guess, uh, strangling her to death in the end or killing her in the midst of orgasm. So I want to make the argument that this entire sequence is her orgasming, or at least, you know, getting close to that point. Um, it certainly is like a visual uh, climax in that way. Uh, I don't know. It's a good one. As much as I like made fun of it in the beginning, it's very, very uh, engaging. And it kind of overwhelms the senses in a way that an orgasm does as well. <laughs> nice job. I still god i still don't understand why it took two people to come up with this idea um this is the only like experimental one with no real characters at all even the fart one had character names and even the hydroelectric diffusion one with the furries uh had like people that i could point to and say that's character one that's character two this one is just like a cup. i mean there's still characters in it but there's feeling it's a weird one <laughs> uh let's see p is for pressure p is for pressure and this might be this might be my favorite one written and directed by simon rumley uh this is another one that tells an entire narrative without a single word or without a single piece of dialogue there's the diegetic noise of whatever is happening in the scene and man this inspires me to think like you really don't need much to tell a story without any words and with a couple of shots for each scene we learn that this is a woman down on her luck and that's putting it lightly that she meets she's got three kids she meets a guy that guy robs her and leaves she becomes a prostitute to make ends meet and then she starts making more money and to do doing crush videos And if you're not familiar with crush videos, I'm not going to destroy your mind with it. She she makes enough money to pay for her children to have the bike. Her little daughter has the bike at the end and they're happy and they've made a life for themselves. And pressure, man, the word pressure applies to the crush videos, obviously, but it also applies to the pressure of life to, especially when you've got kids, To just do whatever you can to make sure that they don't starve? Ugh, this is probably my favorite one because it deals with real-world horrors. There isn't a monster. There isn't a boogeyman. There isn't a little turd that's going to jump through your butt. It's just the pressure of life. That's the horror. That's the monster. The opening image and closing image are the red light district. Ugh, nice job. I mean that sincerely. (laughs) Q is for Q is for quack. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure, Adam Wingard? You don't want to give any credit where credit is due to your friend Simon Barrett for this piece of shit? God. If I was uh if I was Aunt Timpson and Tim League, I would have refused this one and I would have <laughs> I would have made a better one myself. <laughs> This one sucks. This is written and directed by Adam Wingard, according to the movie. But according to the Wikipedia, it's also credited being written, directed by Simon Barrett. Q is for quack. This is one of those phoned in ones where it's like, oh, oh, uh, we couldn't think of one. So let's film our short will be us trying to think of what to do for our short. And the best that they could come up with is, oh, let's kill a duck. And then we mess up and kill each other. Uh, and the sound guy runs away. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? And then they do it. And I don't know if this is them like playing themselves up or whatever, but they're smoking, or smoking, they're snorting cocaine while they like think of this terrible idea. (laughs) I have to imagine it's like a little bit of making fun of yourself, but not enough not enough to lampshade this piece of crap and uh, i don't know if i said it already but if i already if i didn't know that there was a worse one coming i would say this is my least favorite one but as it stands i know there's a worse one coming so this is my second least favorite one ironically enough though adam wingard went on to direct uh vhs another anthology movie so it's like he took the good idea from this not necessarily that he contributed to and made his own version of it vhs is another anthology movie that i should probably do because i like that one um yeah boo boo q is for quack boo what's next r is for removed r is for removed i i think this might be my second favorite one uh written and directed by uh surgeon Spatjevich. I'm so sorry for mispronouncing that. I have a feeling they're Polish or uh, maybe Scandinavian, but it's ironic that this uh, this director is named Surgeon, which may be a mispronunci- mispronunciation, but it's all about surgery. This whole short rides on body horror, which listeners of The Gory Days, I'm sure you know by now, I love body horror. And, oh, this is such a, like, <laughs> I'm going to say grounded because it's surgery, but uh, so we see that, all film in this universe and within the short film exists with under the skin of an individual human being. And this one dude, they're able to like slice open and underneath his skin are film reels, which is so unique and so gross and so cool. And I think it was my beautiful, wonderful fiance who first pointed it out when we were watching this, that the obvious metaphor here is suffering for your art and being a director a creator and having literally pieces of your body your soul ripped from you and put on screen for people to love and that's further that that's further fueled by the like the segment where all the fans rush at him and start licking his wounds and all kinds of gross stuff like they're literally worshiping him and obsessed over him and then it gets kind of weird where he like bra- the, the the guy breaks out of the hospital and pushes a train so hard that it starts raining blood. I don't know. It kind of falls apart there. But uh, up until that, the bloody body horror of ripping these weird things out of his body, putting them in a dark room and revealing that their film is really cool to me. Uh, <laughs> not enough for. More than this short film, frankly, but Surgeon Spushiv- Why? Why did I bother going back and saying it again? Great job. Great job. What's next? S is for... Speed. S is for Speed. Man, thank you, Jake West, written and directed by Jake West. This is one of those shorts that gets better with the reveal. So it starts out as like this weird... Death proof. honestly there's some you know there's some actors that make it seem like they make acting look really hard and watching them sometimes you're like wow acting is really hard this is the the lead for this short <laughs> makes acting seem really hard and i feel terrible saying that because i'm sure she's trying her best and i guess i half blame the director jake west but man so this woman loads another woman into the trunk of a car while being chased by this, like, nemesis from, like, nemesis, I mean, like, Resident Evil 3 nemesis, like, juggernaut that they can't stop no matter how many times they kill, and uh, she's driving around. It's a very, like, Mad Max-style wasteland, driving around in a car, being chased, uh, very death-proof, Quentin Tarantino, and the, the guy catches up with them. They run out of fuel. The guy catches up, and I guess he's death and he takes their hand, and the big reveal is that they are on heroin, a.k.a. speed, and that was death, like, in the form of overdosing, chasing them, and every time, it seems like every time they do speed, they have to to mess with this guy, so speed, heroin, took the form of racing from death, that they, that you take this drug in, and they, uh, in this narrative are teleported to this other world of high octane action and speed and it kind of sucks that she was willing to throw her friend under the bus uh to, for death but yeah the reveal is that the main female od'd and her friend takes the stash that's left and it's like well more for me and injects some more and i think it's safe to assume that she dies next but yeah this was a good one and it started out I wanted to say, like, ah, this one kind of sucks. But that twist at the end, the big reveal is what saves uh, S's for speed. Nice job, Jake. Jake West. What's next? T is for? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lee. Jesus, God. Oh, my God. Lee. Oh, my freaking God. I'm watching it. I'm watching it right now. Oh, my God. So I wanted to make sure that I was capturing this as it was happening. I'm watching. It's T is for toilet. T. Toilet. T is for toilet. By Lee Uh, Hardcastle. I'll get into it in a second. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, of course he's scared. Oh, God. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Jesus God! Oh my God! Lee! Lee! Oh my God! No wonder he won! Toilet. T is for toilet. And holy crap! I wanted to make sure I captured all of that on mic. Oh my God! Written and directed by Lee Hardcastle. Uh, If you don't know who Lee Hardcastle is, I almost did a whole episode about Lee Hardcastle. That's how much I like him. There will always be a special place in my heart for stop motion, for stop motion horror. There's something about just the majesty of stop motion I've seen it in like Harryhausen back in the day I've seen it in Lee Hardcastle here oh my god it's so creepy it's so scary you see it in Henry Selick's movies the night before Christmas and uh uh Coraline and even Kubo like oh <laughs> it's so bad stuff tea for toilet Lee Hardcastle if you don't know who Lee, Hard- Lee Hardcastle is google him right now check out his YouTube channel oh my freaking god if you like horror and you like stop animation he is going to direct his own horror stop motion movie one day and I can't wait to see it. It would be so cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love Lee Hardcastle and I I feel like it's because of this movie T is for Toilet uh was the only film T a contest was held for the role of the 26th director. So In its inception, Tim League and Aunt Timpson actually only approached 25 directors. The 26th letter, which apparently was T, was held up to a contest, and the winner was UK-based director Lee Hardcastle, who submitted the Claymation short for T. I am so happy that he made it into this movie because I feel like it's the first of many, many movies we'll see. In fact, uh, Lee Hardcastle is responsible for a lot of the Rick and Morty uh, TV spots that they would do that referenced other movies like uh, Rick and Morty in the Shining or Rick and Morty and Alien replacing uh, Ripley and some of the other characters. Uh, he did those. He did all of those. And for the Child's Play one, most recently, he got uh, a gig to make a horror short. Very short. It was like, you know, a couple minutes or a minute for the uh, Child's Play movie remake that just came out recently. So good for you, Lee Harcastle. This is one of my favorite ones. It's the only stop motion one, and it's so freaking scary. Uh, <laughs> I guess I should talk. So in as a few words as possible, the story is a boy is potty training, and uh, he has a scary dream where the toilet becomes a monster and eats his uh, mom and kills his dad right in front of him. He wakes up from that nightmare, goes to use the toilet, and there, in reality, he gets scared by a chain, the toilet chain, thinking that it was, you know, the monster, and so he gets scared and somehow gets his head stuck under the toilet seat, which is arguably kind of silly. His dad comes in and laughs, and as he's laughing, the, uh, like, back part of the toilet that in my experience is usually attached to the toilet itself but maybe in the uk it's a separate unit up on the the side of the wall it comes loose and crushes the child's head and kills him right in front of his dad and the dad is screaming and tea is for toilet <laughs> It's so fucked up, especially when, in the dream, the mom goes over and, like, tries to save the dad by stabbing the toilet monster's eyes, and what does she get for it? The blood, the, like, goop that explodes from the eye gets on her face and melts away, and there's that moment where she's, like, going to her son and beseeching him, and just going like... Oh my god. And then the the toilet like eats the dad halfway and he's like his top half is sputtering asking for help and the tongue like comes all the way up through the dad and turns him inside out and swallows him whole and there's so much blood. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is probably one of my favorite ones. The whole like this makes the whole ABCs of death worth it. And this isn't even the last one. This is T. Ah, So that only means that next you is for unearthed. We're getting to the last few here. You is for unearthed directed, written and directed by Ben Wheatley. This one's super fun. The whole thing is POV. And I kept thinking like, oh, they're a zombie. But no, they're a vampire. Super, super fun. Uh, Honestly, this is the kind of short film I'd like to think I would come up with. I don't know. It's done so well. Uh, yeah, where we. It's all POV. So we start in just utter blackness, and then uh, we find out that I guess we're inside a coffin, and the coffin is being broken into. And once the once we we are released, uh, we go on a rampage. And I guess they're a vampire and being hunted. And I love. It's fun. I like the idea of this. Just like t- there's a there's a firefighter. There's a priest of these uh, people coming together in a small town to take care of a vampire which is done really well this is the kind of thing i wish all of the shorts were like this where it's just kind of like in media res we see the major climax essentially of what would 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 be this whole movie if this were an extended movie of them hunting down the vampire and finally killing it once and for all i even like the final moment where they cut off the head and you get to see like the, the body laying on the ground and it's got a couple of like sinews still attached. It's pretty gross. Pretty cool. I wonder how they do stuff like that. Cause it looked like, I mean, except for a couple of obvious moments that it was one cut. Uh, yeah. Nice job, Ben. V is for vagitis. V is for vagitis parentheses. The Cry of a Newborn Baby, written, directed, written and directed by Car Andrews, K-A-A-R-E, Care, Car, Andrews, Cara, whatever. This one feels like a movie. It's a shame that this one comes so late. It's got so much going on. It feels like it's its own movie with how much they throw at you. So... New Vancouver, 2035 AD. I love it when things have to say AD as if there's ever been a time period where where movies haven't existed in AD, whatever. First off, I gotta say five grand for all of this. Uh, If if what the uh, idiots from Q is for Quack are led to believe each of these movies, uh, each of these shorts were given $5,000 and this one, man, made basically a whole universe of world building for just that much so in vancouver in new vancouver in the year 2035 ad people are sterile i guess there's the infant sterilization act and people have to uh a petition for fertilization a permit for fertilization just the fact that i'm going into all this is crazy for like a five minute short it's insane um so like this robot and woman barge into a warehouse and start shooting up the place because I guess she's an agent for the uh, the government and this robot is here too and they shoot them all up and just when they get to this couple with a baby, the woman like has psychic powers. There's a part of her brain that's exposed and her eyes glow and she seems to be influencing the woman that came in and shot everybody but the robot is not affected. So the robot shoots the mom, shoots the guy and... And then, like, decapitates the baby. And I was like, oh, my God. The, the, it, like, puts the baby inside itself and spits out its head and body separately. It's a freaking baby. I've talked about this in past episodes, but traditionally in Western cinema, at least, infants, babies, and... uh are safe, are sacred. They're never going to get hurt. They're never going to get killed. And Jesus Christ, even if they do, the last thing you're going to do is see it. It's going to be just like this aside or this, off, this off-screen this off event that happened. But oh my God, the, the robot chews up the baby. <sighs> and then um, I guess like the boss comes in or a boss comes in with a stupid like voice modulator pitching his voice down it's really dumb but he (laughs) explains in even more words like oh those are mentals and she's like mentals and he's like uh mind control uh telekinesis all of this stuff is real unfortunately and uh anyway the, the the he reveals that like oh they were going to bring it to the vatic the prophet of all mentals god we're getting all of this thrown at us And then in a flashback, we see that the reason she joined this whole government movement is so she could get a fertilization permit. And then (laughs) it turns out she's infertile, but the way it's revealed is so funny where the doctor is like, "Uh, I'm pleased to say that your uh, fertilization permit has been approved. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And he's like, I haven't finished. (laughs) And then slides across a paper that's, it's the word fertile, but then she slides another paper out and it's, oh no, it's been covering the letters I-N. She's infertile, (laughs) which doesn't mean anything because, uh, uh as she like has a change of heart and is like, I'm not going to let you re murder a baby. Cause they explain that we're going to bring it back to life and then dissect it for everything it knows to find out where the, the mentals are bringing this thing to their profit. And in the man's death rattles, the man who was shot earlier, he's like, we weren't taking him to the prophet. He is the prophet." And I guess the headless body of the baby is like running around the room and killing a couple more of the guards before the, the, The guy who showed up is like, uh, it's a mental, you idiot, shoot for the head, and it shoots the guy who is holding the head, and then the bad guy picks it up, and it's eyes open, and it's all blue, and his head explodes, I feel like there's just so much going on in this freaking short that happens so fast, but... That's V is for Vagitis for you. I'm frankly relieved that all of these aren't this uh, loaded with content, but <laughs> uh, we're almost near the end. What's next? W is for? What the fuck? W is for WTF, written and directed, and I'm using those words very liberally by John Schnepp. I... <sighs> Best interpretation that this is their ideas coming to life and killing them. This is the dumbest thing. It's a waste of my time and fuck. What's next? X! X is for XXL. X is for XXL. And I don't remember what I said before, but this is my favorite. This is my favorite one. Directed by Xavier Jens, who who got the letter X. Um, or, uh, Javier Jones, uh, however it's pronounced. Oh my freaking God. Oh, it makes me sick. It makes me so sad. It makes me want to cry. <sighs> so this, this overweight woman is being accosted for her weight. And it's funny. I remember the first time I watched this and at the, at the time I remember watching it and thinking, oh, this is what she thinks happens this is what her mind this is what she imagines people want to say to her but they don't and no they do they are saying those terrible things and in fact they push her to self-mutilate she takes a turkey uh like motorized cutter thing and slices all of her excess weight off and and it's horrible it's absolutely horrible Oh, it's, 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 it's somehow worse than pressure. I don't know. This and pressure, I guess, are tied. But, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. She was beautiful before. She was already beautiful. Oh, my God. And now she's killed herself. Oh, the most horrible way imaginable. It's so perfect. It's such a good horror story. <laughs> oh, it's so good, Javier. Xavier. Ah. Why is for young buck y is for young buck and you have jason eisner to think for this one written and directed by jason eisner it's fucking weird and it's another one where no words need to be spoken to tell this story that's the majesty of film <laughs> majesty jesus christ this is about a janitor who i guess took a young boy out hunting and then took advantage of that boy and now continues to work at his job at a middle school where he, he's excited to clean up the gym after a boys basketball game or practice or whatever because those boys are insanely sweaty it's crazy how hot that gym is for these boys to be dripping like water onto the bleachers so that this creepy old guy in the creepiest way can come over to the bleachers oh god and slurp slurp up the sweat from the bleachers and then I guess like the spirit of that boy or, or the spirit of whoever punishes perverts like this shows up and stabs his eyes out with the buck that he, that he taught that kid to kill and then rips his head off and shoots it and makes a basket. Two points for the dead kid or dead spirit or whatever. Whatever. Jesus. One more. Z is for... Zetsumets, which means extin- extinction, Z is for Zetsumets, by, written and directed by Yoshiniro Nishimura, if you didn't need a better, fuck you for watching this fucking movie, then Yoshiro Nishimura is your man, Jesus Christ! I can't even begin to tell you what the hell happens in this thing. And just when it like catches me again and wins me over with the tr- with the, the whole like vegetables being sliced into a soup curry thing, it then rips it right away again by having them force. Feed themselves, and then there's these shots of like the two towers and a and an airplane running into it with nine eleven on a, on people's boobs, and then there's another one of 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 Japan being ripped in half with three eleven, which I'm pretty sure is when Fukushima happened. Like, what is the what is your point? What is your message? I don't care. I don't care what your answer is. You've ruined this. You've ruined 26 movies, 26, 25 short films that came before Yoshiniro Yishimura. Thanks a lot. That's the ABCs of death. That's the ABCs of death, and you're welcome. You're welcome for saving you from this horrible movie. Thank you, Aunt Timpson and Tim League, for tossing all of this onto us. There were maybe five good ones. Most of them are just bananas just balls to the wall we can only hope uh, ABCs of Death 2 is better than this but god screw you <laughs> i give ABCs of Death in a, in total 3 stars <laughs> it's a fun watch it's a fun watch in total but god i can tell you which ones are worth watching and which ones are staving off <laughs> Oh, did I say did I say stars? I mean thumbs. I give this one three thumbs. This wacky balls to the wall movie. God, um, <laughs> that's it. All twenty six films. You're welcome. See you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to the Gory Days. Bye. Oh, I mean, stay scary out there. The Gory Days.